the other choice, the one has served you know retirees, investors uh, exceptionally well and quickly throughout a most stressful year, was and is to just stay the course. I know that sounds trite, um, but it had to serve people well to stay the course. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your Retirement Elevated. Well, hello, and thanks for being with us for another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan of ListenToScott.com and the Elevated Retirement Group. Scott's the co-founder and managing partner, serving you all throughout the Kansas City metro area, but uh, it's okay if you live outside the area. Scott has clients all across the country. We hope to educate and inform you a little bit on today's show. We should have a good bit of fun today. Scott, great to be with you. We are nearing the end of 2020, where our final couple of podcasts here at the end. I'm celebrating the turn of that page to 2021 a little extra this year. Like most people are, like most people are. And like I said, it's been an interesting year. It's flown by, even though you know we've been so many disruptions. And uh, I thought we wanted, wanted to talk today about uh, a topic that I really like to speak about uh, you know, we're talking a little about history and a little bit about psychology today, and uh, not too many numbers and dollars and cents, but uh, more how the mind works and just to peer into how we kind of continue to repeat things over and over and over again. Well, that's a great point. And, um, you know, by the way, Scott, I'm one of those people who often doesn't like to see that calendar year end. I actually like to, to relish in the year a little bit because. I don't know. I, I enjoy life. I enjoy, um, you know, every everything there is to enjoy about life. And most of the time, I have pretty good years. And I don't, I don't like them to end. I don't like getting older. I don't like birthdays. I'm that. I'm that person, right? But this year, I'm like, yeah, we're okay to turn the page. So um, th- there were too many unknowns this year. It made life a bit more uncomfortable than we're used to. And I think we all want to get back to a little bit of normalcy. And that seems to have inspired you a little bit. You sent me the topic you want to talk about today. It isn't the known unknowns that get you. And it sounds like this came from some uh, some inspiration from Donald Rumsfeld, because I remember he had some famous quote about, it's it's not the, there are known knowns, and then there are things we, we know we know, but then there are known unknowns. And it was one of the more uh, circuitous quotes of all time. <laughs> it definitely was. It, and most of our listeners are going to remember Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, his career in public service was so long that actually today he remains both the youngest and the second oldest person ever to be have served as U.S. Secretary of Defense. So 75 to 77 under Gerald Ford and 01 to 06 under George W. Bush. So he had a long, long career. And he had this operating hypothesis that with the, the job that he had, said it was always he was always going to be dealing with unknowns. But he said the unknown breaks down into two categories, known unknowns and unknown unknowns. And it isn't the known unknowns that get you. That's a t- that's a tongue twister, right there. I had to practice this one quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, and so he, again, he's just saying, hey, there's there's just things that are going to come out of left field. This is almost kind of like the the black swan from uh, Talib, the, the author. You know, it's the things that you think are never going to happen when they happen. You know, they have a dramatic effect on you know the outcome of of history. And you know, if we look back, uh, if you think about these. Known unknowns. Example would be the mother of all of them. It would be Y2K. I know it's kind of getting back there a ways, but if you remember that as the millennium approached, 
you know, a problem in the coding of the world's computer systems threatened to render them inoperable at midnight on December 31st, 1999. Now, I will admit, uh, December 31st, 1999, I was in Phoenix, Arizona at the largest block party in the world. <laughs> um, so uh, I was not buying generators and canned goods. I was a younger man at that time, and I was, I was if we're going to go out, we're going to go out at the largest party in the world. But, uh, so. but it struck you to, to take that direct, like it still influenced you. Now, you weren't stockpiling cans, but you still influenced you in a way of saying, well, if this is how we're going to go out, I'm just going to go out in a different way than a- Absolutely, yeah. I don't remember another time in at least my lifetime that had that much unknown unknown to it or whatever category we're slotting that into mm-hmm. but there was just such a and maybe it was from being younger at the time mm-hmm. uh but it was just such a like you know it was this date that you were just kind of like i don't know i mean yeah who knows what's gonna happen we'll see it was such a weird weird thing to be like you didn't want to overreact to it but it, 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 it was, i can't I, I can't capture that feeling in anything else other than 9-11 and the couple of days after 9-11, that was a very different feeling, though. It was certainly more that had less of the uh, – there was intrigue involved in Y2K along with then the threats of dread, right? So sure, it was sure. a different feeling, but uh, maybe maybe a little bit similar in terms of the pit of your stomach. Yeah, so, it, so Y2K would have been a known unknown. Uh, 9-11 would have been an unknown unknown. Okay, like, good clarification we, we, then. Yeah, yes. so, okay, that makes sense. And so when you think about that, and I've talked to you know, some of my mentors that were advisors for a long time, you know, regaling about the stories of people seeking desperately to convert their savings and investments into physical cash. And because I thought, oh my gosh, what if the records of these disappear, these digital records, and everything just vanishes? And so uh, after a year or more of international alarm, uh, feverish preparations and programming corrections, and the expenditure of $300 billion worldwide. At midnight on New Year's Eve, the computers rolled over without any incident. <laughs> and so this particular unknown had proven just well known. And the other thing that happened after this, a lot of retailers changed their return policies. So you, you couldn't buy three generators and 800 rolls of toilet paper and return them you know, after the crisis was over. And here we are, have a toilet paper crisis in 2020. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. So, so in 2020, no, no, nobody's have, returning that toilet paper. No, no, guy. nobody's returning <laughs> that now. So, really, in 2020, investors have been faced with both a known unknown, which is the presidential election, and the unknown unknown, which is the COVID 19 pandemic. So, once again, we discovered, or more accurately, rediscovered the wisdom of Donald Rumsfeld, his dictum that it isn't the known unknown that gets you. And so I've been in the world of financial services uh, since 2001, actually June of 2001. So I've, I've been through five presidential terms. And, you know, starting in the industry, you know, we had that September 11th slash dot com bubble burst. And then we go later into, you know, 08, which we have a credit crisis, a real estate crisis, really a, just a credit crisis around the world. And then here we are, 2020. You know, we've gone into a pandemic, you know, a, a health crisis. And so through all those things, we, we always have, you know, issues that we have to deal with and we have to overcome. I would say one thing you want to keep in mind is that if we look back just 20 years, how agonizingly slow things declined and how slow they recovered. 
And then if you look at in today's world, things are happening much, much faster. And so it's very, very hard to, quote, time things. Looking at you know my, my 20 years almost of this in the industry, when uh, talking to new potential families that get referred to us, you know, so many people that were passionately desirous to, of getting out of the equity markets before an election, you know, fearing that the success of one candidate or the other would plunge our nation into chaos. And then in the next breath, many of those same people said they plan to get back in the market after the election. In effect, they're basically fleeing their long-term core plan or investments to avoid volatility that themselves thought would be of short duration. So. What you can infer from this conundrum, as, as I did, is that there wasn't a lot of rationality being practiced here. A lot of emotion had seeped into that decision-making process. So again, you know, going from 1264 to 3701 in a short period of time, uh, that just shows you that the markets have weathered the storm. It, it's been choppy. It's been uncomfortable. But, you know, they've continued to perform. So politically, you know, this year election had turned out to be chock full of irony. You know, the incumbent president appears to, you know, at this writing to have lost, but his party did quite well down the rest of the ticket, you know, through Congress and the State House. Uh, the challenger won a large popular majority, uh, but his party fared significantly less well. And I think it's safe to say that this outcome was forecast by exactly nobody. All right. So now, granted, yeah, was, the runoff—it was, it was either a blue wave or red wave. There, yeah, there was no one thought this half halfsies, you know, half measure would end up panning out. No, not at all. You know, and and you've got the runoff uh, for two U.S. Senate seats in Georgia. We'll have some bearing on the ultimate outcome. So, in that sense, January fifth is our new national known unknown. All right. So, so for investors and retirees and people getting ready to retire. Uh, this election served up a definitely a hearty helping of same old, same old. And so if you got out of the market around the trough of its perfectly predictable pre-election sinking spell, which is historically happens all the time, uh, the S&P went to 3270 on Friday, October 30th. And you very quickly got thoroughly skunked if you were out of the market there. Uh, two Fridays later, November 13th, the index closed at a new all-time high of 35.85, up about 10%, and another known unknown bites the dust. So again, it's when we get emotional, let our decision-making process get clouded. You know that's where we can get hurt. And if you think about it, the the pandemic is rolling on, gaining momentum as the weather gets colder. You know people move indoors, and it's really that it remains the great unknown unknown of 2020 and on into next year um, yet at the heart of the matter there's a wonderfully known unknown which is the vaccine Mm -hmm. indeed the vaccines and so we know that we're we're rolling out vaccines as we speak we don't know how long it's going to take to reach meaningful swaths of the population obviously we're talking about you know treating we're already seeing healthcare workers, frontline people getting the vaccine. So again, and until it gets, you know, run its course, we don't know to what extent, you know, affected cities and states will lock down, nor with what, you know, economic consequences we're going to see from that. We're already starting to see some of the economic consequences 
of lockdowns. And when I say that, please don't misunderstand being non-sympathetic or empathetic about you know human life. That's not it at all. It's just that every decision has consequences. You, you can and have empathy in both directions there. Absolutely. Uh, I think we just have to, we may not be able to apply a blanket statement or blanket rules across the entire society. It's exactly like the folks, the, the families that we help and take care of, you know, they are out of the ordinary, meaning they're usually in the top 5% of all savers in the country. And they need different advice than the masses. And it's the same with this, you know, so different areas, different states, different cities, you know, they've, they've got different issues to, to work through. So again, if you look at it as the run up to the election, you know, if you look at when the pandemic first struck with full force and the S&P 500 fell 34% in 33 days amazing how quickly it fell. You know, investors have a choice today. Uh, they can either fear another lockdown-driven economic downturn. Uh, they can throw off their long-term plan and portfolios and retreat to the sidelines until the dust settles, you know, air quotes there. We have seen not once but twice in this phenomenally instructive year how dreadfully and quickly this strategy fails. Like I said, in today's world, things are happening much, much faster on the way down and on the way up, more so than 10 or even 20 years ago. And so the other choice, the one has served you know, retirees, investors uh, exceptionally well and quickly throughout a most stressful year was and is to just stay the course. I know that sounds trite, um, but it had to serve people well to stay the course. And I have every confidence that we're going to continue to counsel this course of action for the long term. We want to be goal-focused. We want to be planning-driven investors. We want to make sure that the money that you have does its job. Your money has a purpose. That money is to take care of you because you have chosen to leave paid work. And we've got to have that money working for you in good times and bad. And a good plan is going to work in up markets, down markets, and sideways markets. And we always want to have enough money, you know, in powder dry uh, emergency money to get through and weather any financial storm. So, you know, when we go into this right now, there's positive news with the vaccine coming out. Uh, I would be cautious uh, with the idea that it's going to be a dramatic overnight uh, success, just meaning that it's going to take a while to produce as many batches as we need of the uh, vaccine. And we've got a situation where herd immunity needs to be approximately 70% uh, you know, of infection throughout the, the United States. And that's probably looking, some of the estimates I've read as, you know, September, October of next year, you know, so there's going to be additional lockdowns, shutdowns and requirements. Uh, that's just going to be part of it. Just remember that, you know, I say this a lot. If you think this time is different, kind of back up and say, why, do, why are you thinking that? Why does this crept in your mind? Because, you know, we're always going to be facing crisis or issues along the way. We just need to make sure that we have a rock-solid plan that'll get us to and through retirement. 
I, I bring it back full circle to the conversation about Y2K, Scott, and kind of funny, all that worry, you mentioned the, the person who was worried about um, you know, all of their financial records being wiped out, and so wanting to go all physical money and, and get out of the digital space because of the Y2K craziness. Don't we live with that threat basically every single day? I mean, you hear on the news about the government and financial institutions and everybody getting hacked constantly, yet it's an acceptable time at all other times, but then there's this event that causes us to accelerate this worry and this risk to become the, the greatest thing in our lives, and that emotion that it builds up then causes us to want to go do crazy things. Absolutely, and I think it's all rooted in, and I understand um, becoming emotional about your hard-earned savings uh, because that is your safety net, your security blanket, and depending on your comfort level, with a fluctuation of the value of your assets, you know, a small movement for some people can be a, a horrible, horrible experience. For other people, large movement is an opportunity to them. You know, so you've got that up and down of the markets, and then you've got the situation where, you know, it, it happens every election cycle. This is this is not a surprise. When people that their candidate wins, they're overly optimistic of the future. And when your candidate loses, you're overly pessimistic about the future. I've had those conversations for 20 years. They're the same conversations every year. And yes, this is different because this is such a, you know, supposedly heated. Uh, and, and there's still some contention out there. I, I get it. I'm, I'm not saying that there's not. But I tell you that the core principles of great planning have held true for 20 years. I don't foresee those going away in the near future. And it's simply, if you're a good saver and you've saved a good sum of money and you're good with the amount of debt that you're taking on and you have the ability to tighten your belt if needed, if the markets are choppy or down. And we know that the opposite of that, when the markets are good, we can kind of loosen that belt up and be a little more you know, open with the expenditure of money. As long as you keep a good emergency fund and stick to the plan, then you too are going to be okay. And I say that with confidence because that's been true for 20 years. And I think it's going to be true for another 20 years. It's a great point, Scott. Uh, we will win the battle against the coronavirus, and uh, we've got still brighter days ahead of us. And uh, I like your optimism looking toward the future, and uh, we'll, we'll carry that with us through the rest of this year. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Well, thank you for the insight today. The unknown knowns, unknown knowns, and the known, known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. It's been a fun journey through that old uh, Donald Rumsfeld quote and what that inspired on today's show. I don't think I got all those right, but uh, at least some of them got, uh, <laughs> got through okay. Uh, if you've got any questions about your own knowns or unknowns or any variety of those elements that might exist in your financial uh, or retirement plan, please reach out to Scott if you have any questions. 913-393-4724 is the number to call. 913-393-4724. Four seven two four, or you can go online to listen to scott.com listen to past episodes of the podcast get in touch contact all through the website and we'll put contact info 
in the show notes or the description section of today's show. Just check your podcasting app for that. Scott, thanks for the help. And uh, I think we'll be doing one more episode before the end of the year. So we won't say happy, uh, have a happy new year to you just quite yet. But uh, enjoyed chatting with you today. And we'll talk again soon. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.